to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. We're so excited that you can be with us. We're going to be talking about what God is doing in the marketplace. And now, our host, Patrice Seguet. Welcome to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. I'm Patrice Seguet, the Chief Serving Officer of the Nehemiah Project and author of Biblical Entrepreneurship. Today's topic is our continued discussion on spiritual warfare in the marketplace. And we have a special guest with us today in studio. We have my good friend, Biblical Entrepreneurship Certified Trainer and Biblical Entrepreneur, the president and founder of BSI, Bruce Woodard. Bruce, how are you, man? I am blessed and highly favored. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) First of all, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, this is a topic that is uh, dear to your heart. You will be a speaker with us this year at Nehemiah Week, and you'll be talking on this very subject. Yes, I will. Bruce, we've been um, having a serious discussion with some of our friends around this very topic of spiritual warfare. Let me kind of set the framework for us. And then I'll uh, give the context of who you are to our audience, and then we'll begin our discussion. Um, you, you know, we've, we, we gave a definition of spiritual warfare, and we stated that spiritual warfare was a daily spiritual battle between good versus evil that would cut in between. That it was a devil's attempt to hinder God's plan for our lives. It was a cosmic war against good and evil. And then we gave seven foundational framework for spiritual warfare in terms of how to overcome it. We stated that first, we've got to claim identity in Christ. We've got to prepare for the trials and tests in the marketplace. We've got to know the trick. We've got to know the three tactics of the enemy, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. We've got to be committed to prayer. And then we said, we've got to put on the whole arm of God. We've got to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And of course, finally, we've got to be committed to unity and a oneness with other believers. Bruce, you strongly believe in your uh, framework that um, being filled with the Holy Spirit is key to overcoming spiritual warfare. I want to get into that. But first, Bruce Woodard is the founder and president of the X program, or uh, BSI. Bruce, tell us a bit about your company. Uh, you, you've, you've gone through the entrepreneurship. You developed this system. We are a client of yours. You have many clients around the country, and you've helped many entrepreneurs around what you do as an accountant and financial advisors. Tell our audience, first of all, a bit about who you are and what Axe does. Well, I'm a degreed accountant, and I have had my own financial planning practice and accounting and tax practice for 38 years. And uh, about 10 years ago, um, the Lord put a mission on uh, my heart uh, to develop a program that would automate the bookkeeping process for small to medium-sized businesses. And what we do is we use the uh, QuickBooks online accounting program, and we tie it into online banking to automate probably 95 to 98% of the bookkeeping process, which frees the entrepreneur up to, uh, you know, do more of what they want to do and less entry, data entry. So it frees them up and allows them to uh, concentrate on their calling and their business. 
Amen. Bruce, one of the statements you like to make is you help entrepreneurs take control of their finances. Now, you know, that's a critical part. But why do you think entrepreneurs struggle historically to take control of their finances or even scare the numbers, even though business is all about the numbers? Well, as as you know, Patrice, most entrepreneurs uh, are focused on doing what their entrepreneurial desire is, whether it's a product or a service. Uh, they don't like to get bogged down in the day-to-day entries of uh, you know, accounting entries. Um, traditional accounting normally provides you with reports 30 days after the close of a, uh, an accounting period. What we found is if we can uh, train a biblical entrepreneur to manage their bookkeeping on a uh, day-by-day weekly basis, it takes takes all the pressure off of them and it also allows them to monitor everything that goes to their bank account and their credit cards, which puts them in control of their finances. Ah, uh, amen. And we got to have you come back and talk more about it because I think you can do a lot to educate our audience around how to take control of their finances. But let's talk. Let's get it. Well, Bruce, you're a B teacher and you've gone to book entrepreneurship. How, how you know, what's a man like you doing teaching BE? Why, why is that so important to you? Well, I look at it as part of the discipleship process. Um, I have taught large classes. I've taught online. Uh, now where my focus is with my wife, Jean, and I, is we like to take couples through BE mm. as a discipleship process because BE1 is very evangelical and really inspires the business owner to, you know, to run their business from a biblical co- perspective. And then BE2 allows us to get into the practices of, of actually running the business and take away some of the scare factor and infuse it with, you know, biblical back, you know, backbone. I love it. I love it. And you're one of our incredible teachers, and we've uh, honored you with that as well. Bruce, let's get into our topic. Uh, what's an accountant doing talking about spiritual warfare? Well, you know, in Ephesians six twelve, it says it tells us, you know, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities and powers in this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So once we realize that we're in spiritual warfare, we've got to we've got to get that armor on. We've got to we've got to discover our identity in Christ. And we cannot do that without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, you know, at you know, at, at salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells us, okay, but his primary purpose is to baptize our spirit and regenerate it with Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the primary subject at salvation. But then, you know, we're told to ask and continually ask for and seek the Holy Spirit. And it, the word tells us, it's written, that how much more will our Heavenly Father give to those who are obedient and love Him, the Holy Spirit, if we ask? Mm. So a lot of people think, well, I got, I got all of the Holy Spirit I need at salvation, but that's not biblical. See, it's like getting a car, but never getting the gas. All right. So, yes, the Holy Spirit indwells us at salvation, but we have to ask for and continually renew our mind and seek the Holy Spirit. He's the gas that allows the car to go. 
you know, I think about the book of Acts where it's really another word for the book of Acts is the, the acts of the Holy Ghost or the acts of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus in Acts chapter one makes the point to disciples. He says, before you fulfill the great commission, wait, because you need power. And in Acts two, he gives them power and you see where the manifestation of the works of the Holy Spirit happens. Do you believe that that could have happened without the works of the Holy Spirit? No, and it couldn't have happened with Jesus Christ either because it wasn't until after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended and remained on him after that baptism that he could then go out and do you know, his, his ministry. And if Christ needed the Holy Spirit to do ministry, how much more do we need him? How much more important is he because Jesus said, I must go so that the Father can send the Spirit of truth to empower you. Bruce, why do you think that the church and many of us as believers, especially marketplace believers, are so ignorant, are so ignorant of the work and the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, I don't think we're I don't think we're taught in, you know, in the in the church you know, about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and and I and I pay attention when I when I go to my home church and when I visit other churches and and I pay particular attention to how much I hear about the Holy Spirit. We, we hear about Abba Father and we hear about Jesus Christ, but we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who indwelled us and will infill us and will empower us from power on high you know, to do the ministry of Christ. We cannot do the ministry of Christ without the Holy Spirit. You know, the, one of my favorite evenings now is Resurrection Evening, you know, Easter Evening. Because when you read in John, when Jesus Christ appeared to the disciples that evening, they were hiding in a locked room. And when they first saw him, they thought he was a ghost. And after he settled them down and they realized it was him, okay, he looked at them and said, and he said, and he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, that was their indwelling. That was their salvation moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't until 50 days later at Pentecost that they received the power from on high. Mm. So two you know, two separate occasions. Some people think that Pentecost is when the, the ecclesia, the church, was born. It was actually resurrection evening when he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was their indwelling. Their infilling came at Pentecost. Mm. Jesus himself made a statement, I go to the Father and I'm going to send you a helper which is the Holy Spirit. Now, Bruce, you are in a trained accountant, but yet when I hear you talk about the gospel, when I hear you teach on this, it's as though you're a trained minister. You know, could you share with our audience, how did you come to this level of knowledge and anointing? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Three years ago, the Holy Spirit came upon me, you know, and, and, started revealing in the word. Now I had just finished 25 my 25th year in a row of proudly reading the Bible through in a year. All right? And I was busy pat, patting myself on the back, you know, I got a cramp in my arm from doing that. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit came to me and said, you know, Jesus said that you can go and do the same things he's been doing and you'll do even greater things. Mm. And he chastised me and I, and I and I go. I haven't been doing anything, 
And he said, that's because you know who Abba Father is. You know who Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior is, but you don't have a clue who I am. So he started, now my Bible just comes alive. It explodes mm. and he is revealing so much more to me in scriptures that I have been reading for 30 years. You know, they come alive and in, 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 at different times. My, my friend and mentor, uh, Glenn Reppel, he, he challenged me. He challenged me to, to memorize Romans 8, 1 through 10, 15 years ago. Mm. And it wasn't until five years ago that the Holy Spirit blew that, those scriptures up and, uh, yeah, and gave me my gospel message when I meet somebody and to bring them to the Lord. It's, you know, it is Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe that? You know, Jesus Christ said, you know, I am the resurrection and the life. He who lives believing in me will never die. That's the gospel message. Amen. You believe that. Amen. For our listeners, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 10 says this. Therefore, is there now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit is life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, set them out on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, meaning the Holy Ghost, now in any, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You know, um, Bruce, as I'm hearing you talk, there's a special grace upon the things you're sharing. It is clear. But again, th there's a, this huge debate in the church about whether or not the Holy Spirit is real and alive today. There are some who says that that's, um, that's false doctrine. And, and there are some who, uh, who, are, who go to the other extreme, uh, who, who uh, uh, lose control due to, the, due to the works of the Holy Spirit when the fruit of the Spirit says that uh, self-control is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So speak to those two extremes for me. The extreme of those who say it's false doctrine, but the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is no longer active today, and those who completely lose control because of their belief that they're being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, uh, for the first point, where the, the acts of the Holy Spirit were only for the first century church or just for the apostles, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, wait in Jerusalem for the promise of my Father, which I have told you about. Mm -hmm. Okay, So Jesus told his disciples, you wait here. And in fact, when he said that, he goes, you know, wait until you receive the power on high, and then you can go and make disciples and train them up. So you know, they had to wait for that power. Okay, so now they got the power. So 
as soon as Peter got the power, Peter, the one who denied Christ three times, okay, uh, Peter, the one who ran away and was locked in a room, now he receives this power from on high, and he goes out and he preaches, and, he, and, and when he gets done, the people say, what must we do? And he goes, you must, you know, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will receive the promised gift of the you know, Holy Spirit. You know, so he talks about that. Yeah, and he further says that the Holy Spirit is the is the promised gift to you and your children and to all who are afar off. Amen. Okay? And people are still afar off. Mm. All right. So the Holy Spirit is for now. Okay. And and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is is a very gentle spirit. If if we lose control, and and it becomes about us, he backs off. You know, when I'm teaching or when I'm preaching, you know, I can feel when Bruce starts to take control. And I will stop and ask a question, you know, of the audience, you know, and I don't really care what they're saying. What I'm doing at that time is I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to fill me afresh. Come back. I want it to be you. I don't want it to be me. Mm-hmm. You know, speak through me because Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to say. The people, because it won't be you speaking anyway. If you're walking with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will speak through you. Wow. Now, Bruce, let's talk to the entrepreneur in our audience. I'm a businessman. Why does this matter to me? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, why does this matter to me? Well, I've had my own business now for you know, 38 years. And I, I ran it uh, up until 1996 uh, as my business. It was I, I was BSI, okay. And you did it my way or hit the highway, you know. And after I realized by taking BE that I am a steward, and it's not my business, and it's God's business. It started taking all the pressure off. And you know, it, 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 you know, when you realize that God's in control, then you can concentrate on the areas that God has gifted you in. And he, he has gifted me as a teacher. All right. And, and so instead of using my teacher you know, skills to, you know, to try to gain more wealth, I'm using my teacher skills for the kingdom of God mm. as his steward in my business. And I have the fruit is now growing and being magnified because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I walk in that fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control that I didn't have on my own. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Bruce, how does the Holy Spirit help us in your view with claiming identity in Christ. Is there a connection there? Absolutely. You cannot know your identity in Christ. You cannot know your God-given purpose until you walk with the Spirit so that you can be in Christ. Wow. Right? Because Romans 8 says, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, those who walk with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah, those who are walking with the Holy Spirit have fulfilled the law because of the fruit of the Spirit is love, and love is the fulfillment of the law. Amen. 
How does the Holy Spirit help us to overcome trials and tests in the marketplace? Oh, that's, yeah, that is, uh, that's the greatest discovery you can have. When anything comes up, I had an issue come up, and I, it was a tax issue, and uh, it was, uh, uh, th there was a client who got penalized, and it was an error that we made, and the penalty was $1,500. And uh, so I, you know, I had to go to this client and explain, the, you know, what happened. She owed additional taxes, but just the penalty alone was $1,500. In the old days, Bruce would have done anything he could have done, including losing the client before he would pay that $1,500. Mm -hmm. All right. But now I, I, I'm the steward of God's business. Amen. So I, I have to meet, I had to meet with the client explain what went wrong, explain why they owed the taxes. And I said, but we will pay the penalty. Mm. Yeah. And, and I said, you're not going to be responsible for that. You'll just be responsible for the taxes. But see, I have that peace you know, because you know, I have the, the sound mind that the Holy Spirit gives us. And then the Holy Spirit also showed me you know, uh, through talking with uh, some other people that there was a way to ask the IRS to reduce $1,000 of that $1,500 penalty, and we did get that reduced. You know, the client was happy because, you know, the Holy Spirit led us and was in that meeting. And believe me, I prayed before that meeting. I prayed during that meeting, mm. and I was talking to the Holy Spirit the whole time. And, uh, you know, he just, you know, the lady looked at me at the end, and she, you know, she said, you are a good man. And, wow. And uh, wow. you know, that, that's a bigger reward than any check. How does the Holy Spirit help us to know the three tacks of the enemy, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life, or even overcome them? It's through our conscience. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you what, what, the Holy Spirit, one of the best gifts he brings is he frees us from sin. All right. And he, you know, if you surrender to him and walk with him, he will, he will change you on a dime. And uh, but then, you know, Satan still tries to attack us through the lust of the flesh or, the, or through greed or the Holy Spirit. If we're walking in tune with him, you know, through our inner spirit, he will he will speak to us through, you know, through counselors, through our uh, intuition, through our conscience, you know, to, to recognize those attacks and to take those thoughts and make them captive and give them to the obedience of Jesus Christ. But see, you've got to be renewing your mind in the Word to know all the things the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. Wow. Amen. Yeah. How does the Holy Spirit help us as in prayer? Is, is there a role in the Holy Spirit as we pray? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I pray in the Spirit, which is my own personal prayer language that the Holy Spirit has given me. And I tell everybody that you know, uh, the Holy Spirit will give you that prayer language. And uh, it will come as you develop your relationship with Him. And that's between you and Him. You know, I don't tell people that until you speak in tongues, you, you know, are not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's between, you know, that's between them and the Holy Spirit. If in their heart they are seeking the Holy Spirit, eventually the Holy Spirit will give them their special prayer language. But when I'm praying about things, sometimes I get to the point where I don't know what to pray. And, you know, and the Word tells us that that's when the Holy Spirit takes over with groans and sounds. That, you know, and that's it's the only time, Patrice, 
that my mind is totally blank. It's when I'm praying in my prayer line. Mm, mm. The Bible teaches in Ephesians 6.10 that we ought to put on the whole armor of God. Is, is there a whole not that the Holy Spirit can help us as we try to put that armor on? Oh, absolutely, because he's, he's the word. He's the sword. He's our main offensive weapon, mm. okay? Yeah, and he helps build our shield of faith and make it bigger. See, once we at salvation, God gives us another great gift, and that and that is the supernatural faith, our measure of faith that He gives each born again believer. And as we exercise it, renew our mind by getting into the Word, you know that faith becomes supernatural. It becomes huge, and and that you know that builds our supernatural belief, and that when I lay hands and pray for somebody to be healed, that the Word says. God sent his word and healed them. They're healed. Now receive your healing. Yeah. And you know, that supernatural beliefs allows us to walk in the supernatural. If we don't build that up, we're walking in the superficial. We're walking in the mundane. Amen. How does it help us? Jesus taught us to, that we have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Does the Holy Spirit help us to walk in wisdom? Absolutely. He is the one who gives us revelation knowledge mm. and the wisdom to apply it, okay, in our daily lives. You know, um, I was reading in NIV Romans uh, 8 1. And, and in the NIV, it says, Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it goes to verse 2. And the Holy Spirit, you know, pricked me and said, That's wrong. And so when I looked in New King James and King James and Amplified, that's where you see that second verse, those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So see, the Holy Spirit points out things that builds up our armor, builds up our faith, and girds us. What are the sandals in the armor? That's the Word of God. It's the Gospel. So we've got to build our offense on the word of God, which is which are the sandals, you know, in the armor of God. I love it. Lastly, Bruce, how does the Holy, you know, one of the things we talk about is our coming to, to unity and to oneness. Does the Holy Spirit play a role in our being one with Christ and with each other? Absolutely. You know, we have four relationships as Christians, you know, as disciples of Jesus. I like to call myself a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is someone who's so close to the master, then if he stops suddenly, you bump into him. But we have four relationships. We have Abba Father. We have Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We have the Holy Spirit who is with us 24-7, always available you know, he is how uh, Abba, Father, and Jesus abide in us because they're all one. And then we have our other, we have other Christians, other disciples. And that's where iron sharpens iron. We need all four of them. You know, so when people tell me, well, I don't need to go to church, I say, well, ch you know, church is not a building. Church is a, is a group of people who, the ecclesia, who've been called out by Jesus Christ. I said, yeah, I, I I do something on Tuesday morning, a Bible study on Tuesday morning. I do something on Wednesday, and I and I and I worship with my church family. You, we need each other. Iron sharpens iron, and the Holy Spirit brings us together. And where two, where two or three are gathered, He's there. You know, so you know when we meet on Wednesday, what we call the ecclesia. You know, we don't we don't ever ask the Holy Spirit to come. 
we we know he's there because we're there. Yeah. He's in me. He's in my wife, Jean. He's in every person who comes to the Ecclesia on Wednesday. So we know the Holy Spirit's there. <laughs> mm, I love it. Bruce, why should our audience come to this year, Nehemiah Week? Why should they be there? Uh, well, first of all, having it be on spiritual warfare in the marketplace, you know, will open your eyes. You know, we've got some wonderful speakers lined up. Uh, but more importantly, is like the last the last part of the four uh, relationships we have is you'll be with other Christians from around the world. Amen. I mean, to, to, to do praise and worship and hearing people singing you know, Eastern European languages or from China or from Mexico or from Africa or Madagascar. You know, and we're all worshiping the same God, but we're worshiping in different languages. And then you get to meet these people and you develop relationships and you know, with other Christians, you know that builds that builds the kingdom of God. Wow! And Bruce, you've been at almost every one of them, and thank you so much for your faithfulness and your sponsorship for sticking this and for being willing to speak for us this year. You're going to be ordained this year too, right? Are we looking Absolutely. forward to that celebration. You want to come, man? You want to watch <laughs> us walk with uh, with with with, uh, with with Bruce in his ministry? You know, we just it's just going to be a ceremony to celebrate what God has been doing in the life of Bruce Woodard as he's walked in his ministry. Bruce, what advice would you give our listeners right now as we prepare to lead them? Seek the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, uh, Jesus told us, he goes, ask, seek, and knock, and you'll, and you'll, you know, you'll receive, you'll find, and the door will be open. Yeah, he, he thought the Holy Spirit was so important that he left his disciples so that they could have him. Wow. Bruce, we look forward to having you back. You've been listening to Bruce Woodard on the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. We've been talking about spiritual warfare in the marketplace. Bruce is going to be one of our speaker speakers this year at Nehemiah Week, which should be held on October, the week of October 16th in Orlando, Florida. To get more information, you want to visit our website. Get involved right now and be a part with, uh, of us as we celebrate, as Bruce says, Let's come together this year and celebrate together and learn together from all over the world. To subscribe to our podcast, you want to visit our website, www.nehemiahproject.org. www.nehemiahproject.org. My prayer for you is this. May God give you the grace and favor to build that kingdom company so that one day you can hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you all and talk to you again next week. Thank you for being with us today. We're glad you could join us. If you'd like more information or other resources, please visit our website, www.nehemiahproject.org. God bless. God bless.